All right, we are live. Hey, everybody, and happy Memorial's Day. But Memorial Day, good lord, can't even do the intro without flubbing. That's okay. <laughs> fix it in post. You can fix it in post. It'll be fine. Yeah, uh, post. no post. There, there, there is no post. No here. post. <sighs> anyway, hi guys. <laughs> How y'all doing? Uh, this is Brad and Mike with Dallas Geek. Uh, and as always, we are so happy to have you join us today. Um, in case this is the first time that you have seen any of our videos, thank you for joining us. We do appreciate it. Uh, don't forget in that case to uh, follow us over on Facebook and like the video. And if you are on YouTube watching us, don't forget to like the video and hit the little subscribe button right about here on the screen. So, you know, we would definitely appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, let's go ahead and jump on into it. Uh, we have Cody and Carrie over in the Facebook comments. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> Is Kyla around to tell her that uh, her, her mom's already saying hi? She's in the other room, actually. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, with that, um, guys, uh, Mike, tell us what are we going to be talking about today? Well, like you started off, Brad, it is Memorial Day. Um, you know, it's kind of a it's 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 a day that. Without getting too political or getting on a soapbox, I think it's a day that a lot of people take for granted. Um, they think it's just another day off from work when, you know, there is something that we should be celebrating and there are people we should be honoring. So that's what we're doing. We are going to tackle um, what we consider to be uh, our top five. Um, how do you want to say it? Because we're not just doing war movies. No. How do you want to describe it, Brad? Uh, top five movies to watch on Memorial Day to help celebrate. Um, th yeah. Now, that is different from war movies uh, mm -hmm. based on two main criteria. Number one, we want our top five to be based a lot more in reality rather than the uh, glorified, we'll say, Michael Bayified version of war. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but we do want to be able to focus a little bit more on the uh, the, the realistic side of things today. Uh, and two, we want to make sure that the movies on our list are encompassing the character of war and the realistic characters that are involved in it. So we, we don't want the, the uber soldier, we don't want the the Rambo, the Schwarzenegger. We want something a lot more grounded, a lot more realistic, and we want movies that will really help you as an audience member uh, connect to what the soldiers in the movies are experiencing, uh, connect to the, the gravity of the movie without being too bogged down by it so yeah yeah I think that's really well said um, fair warning we are on the younger side as a, a good friend of the show Dave Zimmerman pointed out we are Millennials um, so this list may be a little millennial centric um, in fact I think he jokingly said there better be at least one movie on there from before 1990 
<laughs> which we do we did meet that criterion. We got one. Yes, that, um, that is true. But no, it's our list, and if you have a problem with it, well, suck it. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, uh, like I said, this is not an, a top five war movies of all time. No, and uh, because this is specific to helping you celebrate Memorial Day, uh, our intention was to focus more on movies uh, focusing on more modern warfare and modern war, um, because that is what we currently do tend to focus on when. Uh, trying to celebrate and remember back on Memorial Day. You know, we're not going to be, right. uh, even though it is applicable to our country, it, we're not going to be going back and trying to remember the Civil War right now. We're not going to be trying to re remember the Revolutionary War, but we will be uh, remembering World War II, Korea, Vietnam, um, everything over in the, the Middle East. Uh, I was about to say the current war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is what we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, with that, uh, we'll be starting at number five, working our way up, and Mike, what is our number five pick? So, me and Brad at number five had the cinematic masterpiece uh, all the way back from the year 2001 uh, or 2002, maybe even 2003, uh, Pearl Harbor. Um, <laughs> now, uh, wow. Oh, we did... I, I, I feel I like get, we may actually wait, have that? the internet try to murder us if that was our top five. Uh. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we were doing top worst warm. Oh, that's a different. Mm, mm. Uh, mm. Okay. Sorry. 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 Honest mistake, guys. Honest mistake. I uh, had to get my one shot in it. Um, no. So number five, um, we're going to start with the Hurt Locker. Yeah. So um, this is a depiction of the current war even though people say that we're not still in a war we're, we're still in a war um oh, sorry not being political sorry um so this was this was the movie um that got Catherine bigelow her oscar mm -hmm. uh one best picture mm -hmm. uh went up against avatar that year um so there was the big hoopla of ex-spouses going head to head yep. whatever um but the big thing was was that this was kind of a you had movies that tried to tackle the current war, like with Jarhead. Um, later on, you had stuff like Lone Survivor, American Sniper. Mm -hmm. um, but this one tackles a specific uh, job in the military. This is the Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit, the EODs. Um, yeah. And Jeremy Renner plays basically a, an EOD uh, specialist. And just all of the kinds of crap that they go through... Um, having to defuse roadside bombs. Um, there's, it's in, in terms of, obviously I wasn't there, but in terms of capturing the essence and I guess the sheer terror of that, um, there's quite a few scenes where I'm sitting there watching him try to defuse a bomb on a roadside and he's getting peppered by enemy fire. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's, um, that's probably something I wouldn't ever want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think one of the most common descriptions that popped up in a lot of the uh, original uh, reviews for the movie that it was very, very accurate was that the movie felt very claustrophobic. That mm -hmm. even though yes, the movie is out in the open, you know, that you're you're not actually seeing a character stuck in a tiny space. 
Um, yeah. The context of the movie, the context of the story, the uh, actions and the, the intensity um, really does make you as the viewer feel very closed in and like suddenly something soon is going to just, you know. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, and that's yeah. and that's that's something that it really does a good job of capturing is is the sheer. It kind of puts you. I don't want to say. I don't want to use the cliche. It puts you on the edge of your seat. But like you're you're literally sitting there watching him defuse a roadside bomb, and you're like, oh god, at any point, like this is nuts. And then there's the great scene where like he finds the the one dead man's device, and it goes off into like. 12 different directions with 12 different cords mm. and he's just kind of like well okay and he starts taking his gear off and his spotter's sitting there he's like what are you doing he's like yeah he's like if i'm gonna die he's like this goes off i'm dead no matter what he's like but it's hot yeah and you're just kind of like huh so he's certifiably insane as well yeah yeah so and for going back to our, our nerdy normal content, uh, it, it is kind of fun to be able to look back and see Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackie uh, working together uh, in a movie before Marvel ever came out um, with their stuff. Right. So, yeah. Plus there's also the great scene, there's also the great scene where they're sitting there while he's diffusing it, they're going through kind of like, I don't want to say town, but kind of like the village uh, center. And like they're literally treating anybody with a cell phone as a hostile. Yeah. You're just kind of like, good grief! Like it literally could be anybody. And they're checking all their windows as people are like poking their heads out. And it's like, check to see if anybody has a phone. And you're just like, holy crap! Like it is. It's an intense film. It is one of those films that like, as soon as it's over, you kind of just exhale and you're like, oh. Yeah. No, Ooh, and okay. that's that's kind of part of what makes it such a good film within this context because it does force the viewer to really connect with the emotions that the character is feeling and uh, to really connect with the situation and not just see it as, oh sure, it's war, you know, that's a thing right. that happens. You actually get sucked into it and feel just as awful as the characters in the movie, uh, which is a very appropriate reaction considering, you know, it's war. It's not supposed to be awesome. Um, yes, yeah, so we, we, while Hollywood is happy to be able to glorify it plenty, uh, there does need to be a certain balancing act that happens overall that gives you enough other opportunities to feel something more realistic about the situation. And The Hurt Locker was absolutely one of those movies. So, speaking of... Uh, feeling a lot more grounded and uh, a lot less glorified our number four pick is one of the most uh, heavily discussed and beloved but at the same time uh, debated movies uh, from the Vietnam War collection uh, that Hollywood has offered since uh, and that was Full Metal Jacket yep. that I mean you want talk about a movie that is still is controversial and still is uh, heavily debated as to whether or not it's a movie that uh, should be seen by everybody just because of how brutal it gets um, I mean going into the movie if you've never seen it before 
the first part of the movie is a completely different thing than the entire rest of it. Like, you, you go in in the first, what, 20, 30 minutes is not the tone of the rest of the movie. It's not even the same no, context. It's, it's just something to be able to kind of psychologically set you up for just how messed mm -hmm. up the rest of it is, but in a very different way so that you get thrown off yeah. your balance and you don't know what to expect. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because there's so many... There's so many memorable lines from that first 20 to 30 minutes of that movie. Like, you would almost say one-liners, but then when you actually look at the context of what's going on, like, they are going through some absolutely awful harassment from their drill sergeant. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, it's not, it's, it's, the lines are funny. Like, they are. Some of them are absolutely hilarious. Like, even now, like, you sit there and you look at it and you'll chuckle and you'll laugh. And then you'll start to realize the context of what's going on, and you're like, holy hell, like, he's basically putting them through psychological torture while he's putting them through physical torture. Yeah, I mean, go to YouTube and look up, uh, you know, best movie insult compilations, and it's guaranteed that opening scene from Full Metal Jacket is going to be on almost every single one of them. Uh, it, it is renowned for how uh, creative <laughs> some of the insults get but once again that's not the point of the movie yes no. it is definitely accurate uh, based on a lot of veterans depictions of uh, boot camp especially marine boot camp um, that's not far off from the truth from a lot of people's experience getting through basic but um, the point of the movie is everything that comes after the point of the movie is right. how difficult the situation was once they got over to Vietnam. The The point of the movie was to depict just how brutal and terrifying uh, of a war Vietnam was because there wasn't any part of it that made any sense to the people on the ground because everything was so chaotic from start to finish. Uh, it was not... It was not easy uh, to survive physically or mentally, and the movie really makes you feel that. Like, it, the whole movie, you feel... I mean, saying that you have, as a viewer, heart palpitations through most of the movie is not an uncommon reaction. Yeah, and it's, it's like you said, it's the first 30, 35 minutes of the movie has a completely different tone from what occurs after that, and there's that one singular moment where when it hits you're like oh holy hell yeah. like it's it's i mean it's literally like a gunshot like it wakes <laughs> you up that's one way to put it yeah i i mean it's it's literally like it's the tone is one thing and then boom and then it just jumps into oh holy hell here we go yeah um honestly w without going into full spoiler territory Full Metal Jacket is a movie that is really hard to explain to anybody that hasn't seen it because it is so much happens and so much of it is just so viscerally brutal that it it it's really a movie that you need to see but I will go ahead and put the viewer warning here ahead of time it is not for the faint of heart if you do not no. Like, if you don't handle movies that 
are intentionally overly brutal with the characters that are uh, that can be very visually difficult to watch. I would not recommend yeah. Full Metal Jacket, but for everybody else, um, it is a very well done movie and it will definitely help put you in a mindset to understand and better respect what happened and uh, what a lot of people experienced. Even though it's not actually based on real events, uh, there is enough reality infused in there that it's not entirely fictional at its core. Right. So. Okay. Uh, number three. And here's where we're probably going to lose Zim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dunkirk. So, yep. yes. While our goal here is to talk about movies that really work for Memorial Day, which does have a tendency to mean American war movies, um, Dunkirk has enough overlap with how it connects to uh, America and just its overall depiction of what it was like at that specific moment in the war for everybody involved, especially on the Allied side, that it, it really does feel appropriate on this list. Yeah, so I guess for, for those that don't really know the story, it's the story of when the Germans marched across mainland Europe and basically took France. I um, can't remember the exact number, but I think it was over it was over 100,000 British troops and French troops were kind of trapped on the coast of France with no way of getting out of there. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was very much, they put their back to the ocean because they didn't have a choice. The Germans were coming. And it wasn't looking good for the good guys at that point. <laughs> um, but it's the story of how literally everybody that had a boat traveled across the English Channel, grabbed whatever troops they could, and moved them back over to England to basically fight another day. Um, yeah. I think we're talking civilians, too. Yeah. Like, it's kind of one of those, it's one of those very miraculous kind of you would think like, oh, this doesn't happen in real life. This would only happen in a movie. But no, it it happened. Like, people literally were grabbing their fishing boats and traveling the, I think, like 30 miles across the English Channel to just grab whoever they could and bring them to safety. Um, but one thing that the movie does fantastically, and it's, it's funny, we saw it with Zim in 70mm, which was glorious. Mm. Um, but I correct me if I'm wrong, there isn't a word of dialogue for the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. I mean, definitely for the first 10 to 15 minutes at least, but realistically, the entire dialogue for the movie could probably fit on, like, 10 pages. Yeah. I mean, it's in not, all like, honesty, it's... the dialogue is so sparse throughout the movie, the purpose of it really is to force the viewer to be sucked into the emotion of the the moment and to really feel what the characters are feeling and that honestly is a testament to the acting ability 
uh, of everybody that was on screen. I mean, I was already, uh, going into it, I was already a bit uh, nervous considering uh, Harry Styles was one of the actors that was pulled in and, you know, pulling a not even really former at the time boy band uh, member into one of the biggest movies of that year and definitely one of yeah. the most uh, impactful of Nolan's career. Um, well, I mean, I thought it was a bit of a, a risk, but clearly it was something that worked out because, I mean, he did great and everybody else in the movie really uh, pulled through with that connection that the viewers needed, even without the dialogue, to express what was happening. You, you still felt it every moment, especially, and not even not to go too spoilery here, but there are two moments in particular involving boats that you have the main characters getting trapped in boats. Uh, one on land, one in the water, both that come under attack and the main characters are stuck inside and mm -hmm. the the claustrophobia that you feel as an audience member is so complete that yes. you just you you can I mean I definitely felt myself holding my breath at times just trying to wait for the next moment to happen yeah like you said it this isn't a movie that tells you how to feel so that it, it it doesn't use words to get the emotions across of the characters and what they're going through. It lets you feel what they're feeling right there in that moment, like you said. Um, it's, like I said, that first 10 to 15 minutes where nobody's talking, it's literally people running through the town trying to escape the Germans to get to the beach where all the allies are basically kind of just standing around. Yeah. But it's kind of that sheer terror of like they're coming around a corner, they don't know what's waiting for them around the corner. Is it going to be a friend? Is it going to be somebody that isn't a friend? Um, that that boat scene, especially the one on land, mm. where they're all kind of, oh. But Wait, it's I that mean, one it, honestly got me more than the one on the water. Yeah, and then the the other thing that kind of the other thing that really blew my mind, and it still does blow my mind. This is under a two-hour movie. Yeah. Like this is a movie that this is a movie from Christopher Nolan who's known for doing two and a half plus and he got it down to I think a minute 40 a minute 45 yeah and he just went one hour 46 minutes uh, yeah start to finish and that that includes credits uh, which is impressive for him um, yeah yeah I think and the closest like, movie even... that he's done to, uh, to that length was Memento and even then uh, yeah. I think that's I think still, that was still past two hours, two hours. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's it, he purposefully went into this movie to make it as stripped down and as bare as possible because he just wanted to, he wanted the story to do the talking. Like, even at the end of the movie, where Harry Styles is reading the newspaper and he's reading the Winston Churchill speech, it's like, we will fight them on the beaches, we will fight them, and he's just, he's just reading it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not yelling it, he's not, he's literally just reading it, like, he's just reading it out of a newspaper, like, he's seeing it for the first time, and the music's building, and the music's building, and you're like, this is the guy that literally just wanted to go in and tell the story, and let the story do the talking. He didn't, he didn't, like we said, Michael Bay it, he didn't overly dramatize it, he didn't put a bunch of 
unnecessary explosions and all of that. Like he literally yeah. just told an amazing story. Yeah. And that's what made the movie so great was how stripped down it was. Yeah. Now, if you do want to be able to see uh, a bit more about Dunkirk specifically, we did actually do a review of it on our channel. Mm -hmm. So um, after we're done with this, I'll actually link uh, to that review uh, here over on YouTube. Uh, up here uh, in the iCard uh, that you can just click on and go check it out. But please uh, be sure to do that after the video's done because, you know, we yes. still got two yeah. more movies to go through. So... Yeah, but no, Dun yeah. Yeah, Dunkirk was one of those that, it, yes, yeah. fantastic. But anyway, uh, moving on, you want to talk fantastic. Uh, our number two pick for a Memorial Day worthy movie is another one that we have talked about to a certain extent during our uh, Ridley Scott Know Your Directors uh, video. Uh, and that is, Mike? It's Black Hawk Down. There you go. Um, oh, how do I talk about Black Hawk Down without using profanities left and right? Um, Intense. <laughs> Intense. That is underselling it. <laughs> this was you talk about claustrophobia you talk about the fear of not knowing what's around the corner you talk about the fear of not knowing what's behind you yeah all of it like like this uh, this movie captures like from the very start to when the first helicopter goes down spoilers i mean it's only in the name of the title i mean um yeah. it's only i think it's what 20 minutes in if that like it's it's yeah like it's the the beginning of the movie is they're doing their prep hey this is what we're doing standard military op we're gonna go in we're gonna get these guys we're gonna evac them out helicopter goes down yeah second helicopter goes down everything goes to hell so something if you've only ever seen the trailer for black hawk down something that is very worth pointing out is that the trailer uh, we, we did say that our goal here with uh, our list was to not focus on movies that uh, try to glorify war. And the trailer, if that's all you've seen, uh, does make this movie seem like it's going to be kind of a, a Michael Bay-ish glorification of the events of what happened over in Somalia. And it's really not. I mean, you have to understand, this is Ridley Scott's directing, so he doesn't do that kind of glorification, Michael Bay thing. He does overemphasize, over-exaggerate to a certain extent, but that is more of a stylistic choice rather than a storytelling device that he uses, whereas Michael Bay, that is his storytelling device. Um, the storytelling device that comes from this movie repeatedly is the acting, the writing, and the emotional connection that you get with all the characters. And looking back at it, you recognize a lot of the actors. So especially looking back today, um, you, you as a movie-going uh, fan will have plenty of reason to want to connect with the characters because you will recognize so many of the people. But it goes beyond that because it really does show the emotional pain that these characters uh, and the real people went through 
knowing that for the most part, they're in a place they don't really wanna be. They're in a place that people don't want them to be in, but they have a job to do, and right now their job is to go save their comrades. And they can't just say we're done, no matter what the circumstances. And they have to put their own feelings aside just to be able to go rescue their fellow soldiers. And it every aspect of that just piles on. And you, by the it's... time the movie's over, you're exhausted. So there's another, there's a really good war movie that I really, really like, Valkyrie. Um, that didn't make the list, obviously. Uh, but there's a, an amazing line in that movie where um, the line is, don't forget that this is a military operation. Nothing is going to go according to plan. And this movie highlights that so perfectly because the second that they come up with them, the, the second that these guys come up with a plan to do something, something else goes wrong. And then another thing goes wrong. And then another thing goes wrong. Oh, we've got a Humvee. We can get out of here. Well, we just got RPG'd and our Humvee's dead. Now we have to run 20-something blocks to get to the soccer stadium for our evac. Yep. Like, oh, well, a Blackhawk went down. Okay. Um, oh, no, another one just went down. Um, okay, so we can just go... Oh, no, wait, we can't go through here because we just got pinched. Now we're down in a six-hour firefight. Yeah. And we've got to reserve our ammo. And, oh, dude over here got shot, and we're literally having to perform battlefield triage on him in the dark using a flashlight to try to keep him alive while we're taking enemy fight. It's... The movie is... Uh, yeah. I'm kind of getting winded talking about it. But, like, in terms of... And, the other thing too was was that this was a modern setting. Now, granted, I think yeah. the if I remember right, I think the incident took place in like '94 or '95, maybe even earlier than that. It might have been like '92, '93. But the movie came out in 2001. So I mean, this is still like this is a modern military operation. This is it's foreign soil, so you don't you know it's this isn't like a World War II movie. This isn't like a Vietnam movie. Like this is modern. This yeah. is modern warfare. And the war is a modern warfare. Thank you. So, yeah, um, no, it, it, it has a very different context, and the only yes. reprieve you get from any of it is, like, two-thirds or so of the way through, uh, when nightfall finally hits, you have mm -hmm. a few minutes where the action slows down enough to really refocus on the characters interacting with each other, trying to rest, trying to recover, while still being just absolutely on edge, uh, because they don't know what could happen next or when it could happen and yeah so that's but say that's a really good point sorry before we move on yes um this movie does an amazing job of it does not let you catch your breath like no. you said like the characters are as soon as the first helicopter goes down and as soon as they get boots on the ground there is not a feeling of safety and if there is you're immediately thinking okay what the hell's coming next exactly so, uh, going into our final movie, uh, like, uh, like we said, we had a lot of movies that we wish we could have put on this list, a lot of other movies that if we were talking best war movies of all time, we definitely would have had on here. If we were talking about our favorite war movies, not necessarily uh, based on cinematic merit, there definitely would have been other things on there. Um, I mean, I, I know you and I talked about um, the one good 
like genuinely good war movie that Michael Bay has done, uh, 13 Hours, um, and being one of those that would definitely be list-worthy if we weren't talking purely about cinematic merit. Um, there's there's a lot of movies that didn't make this list because yeah. we wrote it to five. Like there's a ton, not just not just Vietnam, not just World War II, but I mean Glory to make this list. Um, Apocalypse Now, uh, The Thin Red Line, uh, 1917. Uh, there's so many great movies that we just left off the list because we just we had a criteria for what we wanted to go for, and we just felt that these five did a better job of capturing it. If that makes sense. Yeah. But like you were saying, there's there's so many like we could do a top fifty war movies of all time list if we wanted to. And we could still debate it for five hours because there would still be movies that we would leave off the list that we think should be on there. Yeah, I mean, uh definitely can't even forget like we were soldiers. Uh or um uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anything that melded. <laughs> I mean, technically Braveheart is a war movie. Just saying. Uh, okay, fair. Technically, fair. it does fair. count. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean there there are plenty of movies that we could be adding on here, but that, mm-hmm. like I said, that's not the qualifier. Uh, so going into our number one, um, probably going to be obvious if you have seen any of our other videos, or uh, can just assume based on uh, overall war movies that could qualify. Um, our number one pick is Mike. I mean, isn't uh, it obvious? Saving Private Ryan. There you go. Um, yeah, no, Saving Private Ryan uh, may be one of the best war movies of all time. Uh, whether or not it is the best, that's a whole different conversation that we will have uh, right. later. But today, uh, for this list specifically, um, yeah, no, if, if you want a movie that uh, is worth watching, to look back on for Memorial Day and really see what you should remember uh, about all the best parts of uh, our men and women in the armed services. Uh, all of that is encompassed in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, I, huh. I just... It's so funny because I was, as I was doing research for this film, or for, as I was doing research for this, this category, and I was like, oh, what movies do I want to put in there? Um, it's funny, people classify Schindler's List as a war movie. Technically, it happened during a war, but... Right, but not really, not really what the main focus of the movie is. No, that's more of a World War II movie which would be entirely accurate and worth putting in a a top list, but yeah, not not this. (laughs) But this one, I will still always, I think, probably until the day I die, argue that this is the most important movie that Steven Spielberg ever made. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to go beyond movies, uh, the miniseries that he did after this with Band of Brothers... Uh, would be Amazing. worth throwing in just because it was this but more. But movies only, Saving Private Ryan, without question. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this movie, 
There hadn't been a lot of movies that captured the horde of World War II. There had been movies that glorified it. There had been movies that, like, oh, yes, these guys went through some stuff. I, You and I were, what, 11, 12 when this movie came out? Came out in 98. Um, I will never forget... 11, yeah. Yeah, so I will never forget this movie coming out. And I really wanted to see it, because I'm a big history person. Yeah, me too. And my dad was like, you know, I've heard a lot of stuff about it. Let me let me watch it and we'll talk. And we watched it and he said no. And he basically said, you're not ready to understand the gravity of what happens. Yeah. And by the way, and... we're not just talking about the first five minutes. The first five minutes no. are graphic, but that's not... That's not the hardest part of the movie to... Well, no, it's, so remember, the the movie actually starts with them at the American Cemetery in Normandy. So it's actually, it's actually the probably about 10, 10 minutes, minutes in is yeah. when it, it's 10 minutes in is when it jumps back to D-Day. And it is one of the most chaotically horrifying, sickening to your stomach things that I've ever seen on film. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that, that's still not... That's still not the hardest part of the entire movie. It is the hardest no. individual scene, but everything else about the movie, the just the the constantly impending sense of mortality that you experience from every character and the amount of loss that you and the characters experience together as the movie goes forward, that alone is a lot harder to emotionally process than yes. any individual part of that D-Day scene. Yeah, and it's the entire movie does not it That's one thing that I really appreciate about this film is that it does not pull punches. Yeah. It's hey, like you get really close to these characters, you get emotionally invested in these characters. A lot of these characters are very likable. A lot of them are just kids that are just wanting to serve their country, and they just wanted to enlist because it was the right thing to do. And they get and they die. They some of them die horribly, and like you're literally just sitting there, like, like it feels like there there are certain characters that every when you lose a character, it feels like a punch in the stomach every time. Yeah. Like and it's and it's and it's not the it's not the big like over the top war scenes it's the in between skirmishes when they're walking across the french countryside and they're all just talking yeah and they're all just like oh like what's your life back like when when tom hanks does the great scene he's like i'm a baseball coach in pennsylvania he's like and they they have a running joke that they all have a pool on their captain as to whether or not he's gonna survive the war mm -hmm. and it's this super tense scene where they're debating on executing a prisoner of war and they're all sitting there fighting amongst themselves, and, and Tom Hanks just looks at him. He's like, "What's the pool up to now?" And like, I'll just stop. They're like, "What?" He's like, "What's what's the pool on me up to?" He's like, "What's it up to now?" He's like, "I don't." He's like, "I don't want to be here as much as y'all don't want to be here." He's like, "But I mean," he's like, "We have a mission to do, and if it gets me home to my wife and kids, I'm gonna do it." Yeah, it's just it's the very it's the it's the realism. Yeah. It's the like you said. It's not the it's not the Rambo. It's not the Schwarzenegger, last action hero where he's the 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 big over the top 
macho, you know, Hollywoodized war hero. He's just a dude. He is just a guy. Which may be one of the best descriptions of any Tom Hanks character. Uh, yes. Just, just a dude. But at the same time, it says leagues about the intentionality of how this particular character of his was created and uh, what Steven Spielberg was trying to convey with him. Um, and the story, yeah. yeah, the story is amazing too. Like the story is literally, I mean, I, we don't have to say spoilers at this point, right? The movie's almost two decades old. I mean, you would think so. But so Matt Damon's character is the last surviving of four brothers. Yes. And like, and and that's a scene that's really heart wrenching too. Is is that mom's in the kitchen doing dishes and she looks up and she sees the uh, she sees the army car driving up the road mm-hmm. and she just comes out and she's told that three of her sons are dead and basically top brass makes a call that like we're gonna go and we're gonna rescue this fourth kid and send him home because we don't want a mother to have all of her four kids die in battle. Yeah. And there's that there's that amazing scene where they're traveling through, they're traveling through, and they finally find him. And they're just like they it's so brilliant that like they just have this look of disgust on their face. And they have this look of like, hey, we've been looking for you. Our buddies have died looking for you. You're going home. Mm-hmm. And it like it really brings up that moral conundrum of like he he doesn't think that he's special. He wants to say, because who is he to go home when his brothers are dying by his side? Yeah. And, I mean, that's, I think the part of this movie, and this, uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap this up, but uh, I think the part of this movie that is the most important, uh, that is, makes it worthy of uh, re-watching, specifically for Memorial Day, is the fact that it really does focus, like you said, on uh, the essence that the characters here are not professional soldiers. They are not guys that, uh, that that all their lives always thought about wanting to join the military and wanting to get in, to train, to go serve their country the moment they could for as long as they could. These are just guys that were forced into the situation who were willing to do their duty, that were willing to serve their country, and uh, will absolutely serve it to their dying breath, because that is their duty. Period. End of discussion. And the humanity that you see expressed through that, just that sentiment alone is, I think, easily forgotten, especially today. When war is something that is just so common for us to be seeing on the news or on the internet or on everywhere, basically, it's so easy to forget the humanity behind it that not everybody involved trains to be a professional soldier, that that is their life's goal. And it's easy to forget the people that are involved. And I think Saving Private Ryan one of the best examples of reminding us about that even though it, it you know it's what a century uh the events that uh, it's depicting are almost a century uh past um it's still relevant 
and I, I think I mean, that's, a reason, that's what makes it important. There's a reason why they're called the greatest generation. <laughs> yeah. Like, if anything, this movie showed, like, these were, a lot of these were kids that were, like, 15, 16 years old that literally lied about their age to go fight because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. So, um, but that's, with that's, that... <laughs> that's a movie that we could literally talk about for two hours. Easily. It's And if you haven't seen it... Just uh, do. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Like, there, there are certain films that, like, you have to see... Yeah. to understand certain parts and pieces of history and this is a must watch yes so uh, yeah with that uh, guys thank you for sticking around this long we appreciate it so much um, question of the day what movie do you wish had been on this list please tell us down in the comments let us know we would love to hear from you um, maybe we'll even be able to include it on our next, uh, list that we do, uh, for this or something similar. Uh, but yeah. And of course, once again, do not forget if this is the first time you watched us or you, uh, just haven't done it already, do not forget to follow, follow us over on Facebook and subscribe over on YouTube um, mm. and of course share us with your friends we'd love to get their thoughts on all this as well um, so with that uh, this has been Brad and Mike with Dallas Geek saying have more of the happy Memorial Day happy Memorial Day <laughs> you guys stay safe be safe out there bye